When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Realistic Randy is one of the OG callers into Vikings Vet Line. And now, he's one of the biggest Vikings YouTube superstars on Earth. His Vikings pain is now your game. This is Realistic Randy Rants with Randy and Declan on Purple Daily and Score North. Purple Daily, what's going on? Declan Goff here with Realistic Randy. It's Realistic Randy Rants every Monday right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment. Seven days a week, the home of Vikings Ventline, the home of Mackie and Judd. Write that down before we die with Jesse Pierce, Thor, and Eistrom. And of course, my guy, Realistic Randy, as well. We do this every Monday. Subscribe to his YouTube channel, too, as well. He's got fun stuff to talk about the Vikings and fun skits as well. He's a lot more creative than just Mackie and Judd and everyone else here at Score North. So, Hit that subscribe button, too, for Daily Minnesota Vikings and just entertainment from our guy, Realistic Randy. Uh, obviously, uh, Randy, the Vikings get the Philadelphia Eagles for week two on Monday Night Football. But let's um, let's start with this idea here because it's a primetime game for Kirk Cousins. And week one, Kirk Cousins looked phenomenal. Uh, he looked exactly what everyone's kind of wanted him to always be. And you and I were kind of thinking about a nice idea off the top here. And, and this is actually was talked about, I think, between you and I in the preseason episodes and leading up in that Kirk Cousins has the ability to win us over. So do you think in 2022, Kirk Cousins can not always maybe win some haters over, but also kind of change his narrative on how he is perceived, not just locally, but also nationally? As far as winning the haters over, changing the narrative, I was thinking about that. What would that look like? How do you quantify that? And I don't really know if there's anything more he can do individually as a player. And I've never seen a professional athlete in my life that puts up consistent top 10 productions at his position in his sport. But yet the collective, I guess the collective narrative from the masses is, yeah, you know, top 10 in whatever category as a quarterback, but it's make-believe. It's fiction. It's not real. So the only thing I can really think of is wins because top 10 production, every year he's putting up 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. The only thing I can think of is wins, which I don't know if that's necessarily fair to put on one player in the ultimate system league, but As far as records are concerned, Jimmy Garoppolo has a career record of 33 and 14, 19 games above 500. Jimmy Garoppolo is also the group participant that didn't do anything, but gets equal credit for what the rest of the group did. And Warren Moon, for example, 
Hall of Fame player, one game above 500. So if we're looking at wins, I'm not, I don't think that's fair. But if we are looking at wins, the Vikings collectively as a team will be successful this year with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. He's got the best receivers he's ever had in his career, the best running back he's ever had in his career. And you can say, well, he's had that for the last couple of years. The difference is coaching. Whereas Kevin O'Connell, the jury's still out, but Kevin O'Connell, along with Wes Phillips, I believe combined, they are going to put him in position to succeed. That is the power of coaching. We've seen examples of this before. Doug Peterson and Nick Foles, Matthew Stafford with Sean McVay. Before he went to L.A. in Detroit, Matthew Stafford, good quarterback, incompetent franchise, never won a playoff game, goes over to L.A., a legit head coach, offensive-minded head coach, weapons galore, solid defense, they win the title. Everything that I think is still being said about Kirk Cousins now is exactly what was said about Matthew Stafford before last year. So I think because of that combined ultimate system league, Kevin O'Connell, Wes Phillips, the players that he has on offense, I think the Vikings will be successful. The system now with the Vikings is designed for Kirk Cousins to thrive. And I think we're going to see that this year, not just this year. I think this could potentially be a Rich Gannon type of leap for a nice stretch in his career. That is Kirk Cousins. The offense, think about this. A great offense compared to a great defense. As far as building one up, I think it's a lot easier to build up a great defense. You can easily find 11 quality players on defense before you find a competent quarterback or a quality quarterback. However, once you achieve one of the two, a great offense or a great defense, it is way easier to sustain a great offense because 2017, Xavier Rhodes shut down corner. 2018, he was not the same. And all of a sudden, that it was a chain reaction. The defense is not as great as it was the year before. One thing off on the defense, it's over with. Whereas if you have a legit head coach, a legit quarterback, and at least one good wide receiver, you're solid. I think we have that now in Minnesota. And Kirk Cousins, to change the narrative, so to speak, I think he's fine. I don't think there's really anything more for him to do individually in his career. But as far as wins, we are going to see a change starting this year. Yeah, he's a, he's a really interesting cat in that in regard of that he can put up all the numbers in the world, but there's a negative perception around him. It, it's certainly not the same thing because this guy won an MVP in his respective league, um, and it's just different sports, and I, I don't like to compare, compare complete apples to oranges, but like Russell Westbrook in the NBA, right, has turned into this complete kind of joke, right? Like kind of kind of a, a laughing stock after a guy who was an MVP and guy who was just, traced, just chasing statistics um, and you can't win with Russell Westbrook, right? You can't win with them. Now, I think Kirk Cousins' ascension into his mid to late 30s is greater than Russell Westbrook's into his mid to late 30s. Um, but there is something to be said about if you remove the name, you remove the team, and you just look at, hey, a 10-year history of box score statistics and look, you look at those two guys and their respective sports and say, man, these are like some of the best numbers I've ever seen. And maybe not Michael Jordan level, but borderline Hall of Fame level play. Um, and Kirk Cousins kind of is in that same vein as him a little bit. But, you know, to your point of lifting him up and empowering him, you know, I think that's just kind of where the NFL is going in 2022. You know, um, we might talk a little bit more about week two observations, but 
Mike McDaniel has got, came to the Miami Dolphins sure. as a guy who, you know, kind of was like this nerdy weirdo. I'm rooting for him because as the nerdy weirdo, I'm like, oh my God, this is great, successful. Uh, but he's like turned the perception over of Tua to, to Tugaviola, right? Like two over these first two games looks unbelievable and played the game of his life in week two in a big win over the Baltimore Ravens. Kirk Cousins finally gets the infrastructure around him. Granted, he's 34. Two is what, 24? Um, that it, it's a little different where Miami might have a franchise QB for 10 years, who knows, where Kirk Cousins now is empowered by his head coach in the right circumstances with all the right weapons around him that, hey, you know, all those things that maybe we had questions about his leadership or questions about his play in big games, that can now change because he has someone like Kevin O'Connell behind him and the team and the organization is now propping him up and he's insulated with the right people around him who embrace Kirk's strengths and embraces his weaknesses and make him be Kirk. You know, I think even Kirk um, in this last week going in, and I know you're, you're the same kind of age as I am, Randy, that when he was talking about the Nickelodeon cartoons of all that stuff, right? Like hot, like he's comfortable. When was the last time he went up to the podium in the last four or five years and felt freely on a Thursday game of, of game week to go up there and spend 90 seconds talking about Ren and Stimpy and double dare and all these Nickelodeon shows, right? Like when has he ever felt that, uh, that comfortable, excuse me. And Kevin O'Connell has empowered that like that. That's, that's where we might still have questions about how he plays down the stretch and damn right. We should not just be writing him off into the next tier just after one successful game. But the empowerment that they have surrounded him, I think is pretty damn impressive and it's worth believing in for right now. It's a big deal. First off would Zimmer allow Nickelodeon to show up and throw slime on him. Absolutely not. But in terms of the structure that you were talking about, Washington, when Kirk was there, was a dump. Look at it now. I mean, they still haven't gotten it right. Minnesota, before this regime, they were fraudulent. Let's just call it what it is. And when that toxicity is gone away from you to where you now have that support from upper management, oh, my God, you'll be way more relaxed than you ever were. And I think because he's playing with out that chip on his shoulder. If anything, if he does have a chip on his shoulder still, it's going to be because maybe of what the the media says or what opposing players say. But it's a heck of a lot easier to not play with a chip on your shoulder when it's coming from within the locker room, within the organization. He doesn't have to deal with that anymore. And I think, yeah, we've seen example. Don't forget, the Nick Foles and Doug Peterson connection, that wasn't a fluke. Yes, they won the Super Bowl in 2017. That following year, they went to the playoffs, won a playoff game on the road at Soldier Field. Nick Foles, when Chip Kelly was head coach, he was all right. He bounces around the league. I think he went to the Rams, then to the Chiefs, and then back to the Eagles again. And I said this in real time while everyone was going gaga over Carson Wentz, saying, well, you know, he was our first-round pick. What was he, second or third overall, whatever he was? Second, yeah oh, we got to invest in him. And I just said this straight up, and I got laughed at. A friend of my wife's got married in Philadelphia, and I was talking up a storm at the open bars, and I would keep Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Are you crazy? We spent the first-round pick. He's the future. And blah, blah. And you know what? Nick Foles in any other system doesn't work. Obviously, he's not a starting caliber quarterback right now, but Nick Foles and Doug Peterson, that worked. I was afraid of that versus Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. I think we're going to have that with Kevin O'Connell slash Wes Phillips and Kirk Cousins. It's going to be something special, man. 
Yeah, you also bring up the West Phillips part. You know, obviously, hey, it's Kevin O'Connell's team, and and he's kind of built out his own organization here, rightfully so, bringing over West Phillips, trusting the defense, and Ed Donatel while also still kind of owning up to the things that, hey, I, I as Kevin O'Connell, I want to be better at on defense on these situations, even after just one game and a trouncing of the Green Bay Packers in Week One. He recognizes that he's going to deflect, um, de- 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 deflect the praise and and still take on so, some some criticism here and there. And Wes Phillips is also a guy who is, obviously has football in his blood. His dad was a, a legendary defensive coordinator. I know some people probably have a black eye against him because of his time as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But at the end of the day, legitimately one of the best defensive coordinators um, of the last 20 to 30 years. And Wes Phillips, too, has been around Kevin O'Connell. He's able to poach this dude. I mean, look, look at even like Matt Daniels. We talk about the culture. Like, when have we ever seen a special teams coach been like the quote of the year throughout the first three weeks where he's like, I'm salivating over Jalen Rhaegar and his punting ability. Like, like I, the Vikings have had Mike Prefer, who was in the headlines for all the wrong reasons as sure. a special teams coach for the most part. Um, but again, that empowerment, that, that different vibe around the team, you know, some of us, when the, all this was going down in February and March and the coaching staffs were being named and, the fun press conferences happen. We we're like, ah, okay, that's fun. But now, you know, the, the the real test is when games start in September. And it's just one game. And it's classic overreaction. And rightfully so. We'll overreact to it to a degree. But you can see why, oh, that this is actually why the Wilfs elected to run things back to a degree. They said, hold on. The pieces, for the lack of a better word, are in place here. We just need different coaching. When you lose a bunch of these games in late situations with under two minutes, that's coaching. Um, the Cleveland Browns lost today with Kevin Stefanski um, after being up two touchdowns. That's coaching. That's dude. wild. Like, yeah. That, that, that was a, that was an embarrassing loss. Um, so that that's where this Vikings vibe is different. And I know things in, and we'll see what happens obviously in Monday night in Philadelphia too. And I'm sure you and I next this time next week are still going to be able to break down basically two games in the Eagles and the Lions game, but it's still, that's where this culture is like, Oh, this is why the Wilfs did. This, this is actually pretty genius and this is why it's worth watching and playing out well and forget about Kirk Cousins for a second when talking about the culture how many times have players come out and said man I I feel like I have a new lease on life in my career they feel refreshed oh my goodness the culture is great but without not to be outdone the quarterback position is always going to be talked about the most but besides that the position on this team that has just been a nightmare forever has been what? Kicker. Greg Joseph, you talk about Matt Daniels and, and how he's empowering. Greg Joseph does not look nervous at all. He looks like he's as confident as he'll ever be. Matt Daniels saying stuff like, you know, Greg the leg and this, he's going to have the greatest season of all time. And I'm even sitting back. I've been optimistic <laughs> on this team. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I would go that far, but he looks great. So it's locker room wide. Every single player feels great being on this team. And and I think that right there is half the battle. The former head coach, I, he's gone, whatever. If he was just not in his own way, if he put his pride to the side, he could have easily won more than he did. And he would still be the head coach right now. There was, what, going back to 2018, that, the, that article I saw where, goodness, they won a game by about, two or three possessions when John Filippo was the OC and the former head coach threw a fit. Oh, you're passing the ball all this amount. <laughs> we just won by 20 points. Yeah. What is the problem? We, stuff like that is going to, it's really going to irk players, if not immediately, eventually. We don't have to worry about that anymore. 
our quarterback is going to be great this season. Our kicker is going to be great. What's there to bitch and moan about? The Vikings, they are going to show everybody what's up this year. Randy, I know you watched some uh, week two games this week, and I know you, with you being in California and you're a Sunday ticket subscriber, and obviously with the Sunday ticket uh, disaster that was week two with the servers being down and things being stuck. Um, one of the things that I came away with with, uh, with with watching a lot of football today, afternoon, evening, and and whatnot was, man, no one in the NFC frightens me. Like, hey, I'm no. thankful the Vikings are not in the AFC. You know, Chiefs and Bills, they look pretty damn good. Um, they're obviously going to be fighting it over as who's going to be the one seed. But Tampa Bay, like the Buccaneers seem like that seems like a 2010 Viking situation. Maybe not as disastrous where your roof falls off and your quarterback dies in the field. But that that just seems like it's going to implode, right? The Rams bounce back, and I know things got a little fluky against the Falcons, but still, like, uh, okay, they're good, but maybe they overachieved to a degree in that last season. The NFC East, I mean, outside of the Eagles, mostly a gong show. I just look around the NFC, and even with how well the Vikings played in Week 1, I didn't see a team in Week 2 play up to the Vikings level that they did in the first week of the season. No, not at all. In fact, I talked about this last week on my channel. As far as the NFC, I think I didn't give the Vikings enough credit before the season started. I said they they should be a lock to be a three seed. That is, if they are to win the NFC North division, if the Packers were to win it, they'd go in as a wild card. I think the Vikings are better better than the Packers, not just off of last week's win, but even, okay, they just beat the Bears. They smacked them around. Okay, fine. But they just don't, outside of their running backs, they don't have anybody to make plays. They got Alan Lazard back. Who knows if David Bakhtiari ever plays again for that team. So I think they're going to win the division. So that puts them automatically at three. I'm not really scared of the Rams. Jalen Ramsey is not the same player he was last year or a couple of years ago. They nearly blew a 28-3 to lead against Atlanta on Sunday. The NFC South, I think because Tom Brady... No matter what, he always has a right. knack for starting off kind of sluggish or not as hot. And, oh, man, this is going to be the year where he finally falls apart. But then as the season goes on, he gets better and better. And then the playoffs start, and it's a whole different ball game. So I think because of the, and the NFC East is going to be the Eagles. They're going to be the four seed. I think the Vikings are looking at a two seed, possibly a one seed. But even still, with Tom Brady, even as good as he is, the Vikings have a chance against anybody in this conference. So I think they're going to go far. There's really no one in this conference that that really scares me, like you said. Yeah, I mean, the Giants are going to be 2-0. The winner of the Monday night football game will obviously be 2-0. The Bucks are 2-0, and that's it. You know, I, like there was a lot of 0-1 teams playing each other on, on Sunday. And, and the NFC, look, if, it, if it's weak, fine. And if the Vikings want to be the Kings, for the lack of a better word, in this conference, awesome. You know, that, not that, our that, fault. That, that that's not our fault. Yeah, you don't have to apologize for those wins um, if, if you're a Vikings fan. So basically, this, the table is set where they can go on top of that mountain and be the best team in the NFC. And of course, they get the one seed. And I mean, my God, if the NFC runs through U.S. Bank Stadium, well, I mean, oh, oh, holy boy. crap. You know, let's 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 that hold our breath, I guess, yeah. a little bit. But damn, I mean, they, they've been one of the best teams at home in the NFL since U.S. Bank opened. So um, back to kind of, though, Randy, on the Kirk prime time and kind of national perception here. So um, Kirk Cousins career on Monday night football is two and nine. Um, he lost the only actually two wins on Monday night football were with the Vikings and are also against the Chicago bears. So he beat the bears on Monday night 
Uh, last season, he beat the Bears on Monday night in 2020. Outside of that, 0-7 on Monday night football. The Vikings have a Thursday night game on Thanksgiving night against New England Patriots. And honestly, if the season is tracking the way we want it, I'm going to guess, too, that they'll probably get flexed into some Sunday night game between, you know, weeks 12 and the end of the season, however you, you want to say it. So potentially three primetime games, guaranteed two primetime games for the Vikings in 2022. And it feels like Monday night, and also this is a chance for the for Kirk Cousins to kind of shed some of that narrative because we all know how people love to bring up the primetime graphic, and it seems like this also is a chance for him to potentially slay some critics more and kind of get people won over with a big-time performance in primetime football. Well, even if I'm not trying to come up with excuses for the dude, but for instance, there was, I think it was 2020 against Seattle at CenturyLink. If mm-hmm. Alexander Madison just shifts right, goes through that hole on fourth down, the Vikings, they win that game. I'm not trying to come up with excuses for Kirk Cousins, but again, and let's look at it from a broader scale. Okay, primetime games and all. The last, going back to 2018 when Kirk Cousins got here. Replace Cousins with literally any other quarterback in the league, not named Tom Brady. You still have the former head coach. You still have the GM that's going 50-50 on the offensive line, not giving a damn. Do you think Matthew Stafford, he comes to Minnesota and they win a championship? I don't think so. I don't think any quarterback would have succeeded, primetime or not. So now that that's over with, I think, I think like you mentioned, he seems more relaxed. He's talking about Nickelodeon and all this other stuff. I don't think primetime games are going to matter. I don't know that it ever mattered, but I will say if you have a boss that you know doesn't like you, who you know would fire you if he had the choice, if he had the power to do it, that's up to the GM. And ultimately, because of the money that you're spending, the owners, you would have to talk to them first. If you are working in that type of environment, now combine that with the big stage, the primetime games, Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night football, whoa, whoa, all that other stuff. I got to succeed in spite of this dude that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I don't think that's going to be a problem anymore. I think we can legit look at it as team versus team, Vikings versus Eagles, Monday night football. Should the Vikings win? I think they will. Okay, let's talk about why. Not, oh, it's prime time and Kirk Cousins. I I think any quarterback in the league, not named Tom Brady, we would have had the same results since 2018. It's a good point. Yeah. I mean, if you want to transplant quarterbacks and transplant the system, um, just with the way they've, they've lost some of these games have been heartbreakers. And look, the Vikings have had, you know, they, they've gotten hosed it with, against, with Sam Bradford in 2016 against the Dallas Cowboys, the infamous game where, where Zimmer had to sit out against his eye. And yes, the Alexander Madison game from three years ago, where if the dude just shifts one shimmy to the right, he basically gets a first down games over the Vikings get a rare win at CenturyLink. Yeah. It, it, it's not, it hasn't always fallen on Kirk's fault, but little hypothetical game, I guess, for you, Randy. So the Vikings' bye week is, what, week seven, I believe, seven, technically. Yeah, yeah they, get, they get six games before the bye week happens. So they have Philadelphia. They have New Orleans, obviously, in London. They have a couple more home games. they got to close it out, I believe, in Miami as well. Um, they're home against the Bears. Do you feel that it would probably have to be, what, like a 6-0 and run for the national media to really be like, oh, the Vikings are 6-0 and heading into their bye week. We're getting into now, you know, 
late October, early November, when things kind of really start to set a little bit in the NFL. I guess my, my bigger question to you, my long-winded way of asking is, when do you think the Vikings, if they continue these winning ways, will really get the Gardner and the respect from the national media as being legitimate contenders for a Super Bowl in 2022? I feel like we're kind of starting to see it already, just off of last week alone. However, if there is a record to where it's overwhelmingly supported for the Vikings, I would say four and two. I can't tell you how many times Declan Goff, where I've gone outside my house. Neighbors, they know I'm a Vikings fan. I go to the store. I wear my Vikings hat, whatever. They say, oh, you're a Vikings fan, huh? Yeah. Oh, boy, they look good. And the ex- the facial expressions that they show, I think right now we're already seeing it just off of the style points and how they won last week. So if that is going to continue for the rest of this season as far as an aggressive style of offense, pedal to the metal, throw it to Justin Jefferson. Hey, and we'll talk about the Eagles game to preview that, but you also have Dalvin Cook. That style of football, I think it's going to start growing really quickly. So I'm going to say four and two for the sake of worst case record. But if they can beat the Eagles at the link on Monday night in a fashion that they did the Packers last week, I think you're going to see. And you're seeing guys like Stephen A. Smith and power rankings. and They're in the top three, top five already. If they keep winning the way that they did last week, I think it's going to be a smorgasbord. Of supporters, yeah, I think I think for me it's probably going to be like have to be like a five and one or six and zero run by the time they go into the bye, and then of course you get into that bye week, and you know you, some of that shine gets forgotten about because the games are going on, and you kind of forget about that team playing. But you know, probably if if they're you know one of the best teams in the NFC, i.e., like one or two seed going into that Thanksgiving game, and look, I, I think the Patriots actually might be a wreck this year, but still, you um, think? yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think they're going to be pretty bad. But they had the Thanksgiving national spotlight game. Again, you know, you, we can overrate and overvalue these primetime games, but if, if, if it's Thanksgiving night to wrap things up uh, of, of one of the glorious days of football in the calendar year, if they at home just kick Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots' ass, I think that is also another big sign of, oh, this is legitimate. This has not been a fluke. They aren't just beating up on bad teams. They didn't get off to just a nice hot start. This is a legitimate team, a rookie head coach outschooled Bill Belichick, even with his shaky coordinators and, 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 and some second guessing from his second year quarterback. I think that's kind of how I, I perceive it, that, that these primetime games are an example for national outlets, national media. Why are you talking about the Vikings more? Why are we always talking about the damn Dallas Cowboys? Well, there's, a, there's an opportunity here because Cooper Rush is the, is, the, is the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, so... Congratulations to Dallas, but if the Vikings can keep winning with Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, good things are going to happen. Uh, this is Realistic Randy Rance at the subscribe button. Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment right here on this Purple Daily YouTube channel. Subscribe to Randy's YouTube channel as well at Realistic Randy. Um, yeah, let's get into a brief little preview here. Obviously, we're posting this on a Monday, so things will be dated a little bit. But Randy, I guess, what are you expecting with the Vikings to do in CenturyLink here? I think the Vikings are about two and a half point underdogs. Um, ESPN's I FPI advantage. Yeah. yeah. Football power index has the Vikings at like a 33% chance to win the game. Uh, I guess what is your overall feeling going into the game against the Eagles? I feel like all the attention rightfully so from the Eagles defense will be on Justin Jefferson, but I think this is going to be the game where Dalvin cook reminds everyone, Hey, I'm one of the best running backs in the league. If you tear up the run against them, Deandre Swift, he sure as hell did it against the Eagles last week, 
Dalvin Cook, this is going to be the game. If the Vikings are going to win, which I think they will, he's going to set the tone. And then you're going to have to focus on the run, opens things up for a guy like Justin Jefferson. But even still, if you want to double him up, you still this is the game where Thielen and KJ Osborne, I'm expecting big performances from them. Justin Jefferson, he's unguardable, but you can spread the ball around. I think a low key, I guess, matchup that I'm really looking forward to see is Daniil Hunter versus Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson. If he played for the Vikings, he would be sponsored by Duluth Trading Company. This is this dude is all man. And as much as maybe you want to switch around Hunter from left to right and so forth with Zadari Smith, that's fine. I think Daniel Hunter needs to stay home at left end to go up against Lane Johnson at right tackle just because they match up perfectly. Lane Johnson is just a brick house to where I don't know if Zadari Smith would have success against him to where Daniel Hunter would. And Jalen Hurts, man, I watched that game against the Lions last week. I knew he was a mobile quarterback, and I knew he could take off. But I guess because of this long offseason, maybe I just forgot or didn't recognize it in the first place. Hurts is fast. Oh yeah, He is incredibly quick. It's, it's almost, dare I say, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment here. But in terms of footwork agility, I feel like there's Kyler Murray and Dalvin Cook at the top. And then Jalen Hurts might be in that second tier. He was ridiculous. He gets outside the pocket. It's over with. So you need to practice containment from the edge rushers. And don't forget about Miles Sander. You have to be able to control the running game. Now, that first half defense against the Packers was really good as far as allowing 33 rushing yards. The rest of the way, the second half, it was a disaster, allowing, I believe, 78 rushing yards in the second half, which half defense will show up collectively against the run for this game. If it's that first half, the Vikings, they might be able to win. I think I had a final score projection of 28-24, but if they can control the run and practice containment against Jalen Hurts, they can win by 10 points, dare I say. I think the Vikings are going to win. Yeah, I feel like you have to keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket, right? Like the dude's gonna bail out some plays. He's gonna get some. Th- he's gonna get some first down conversions on third mm-hmm. and six, third and four. That's just gonna happen. And and to be honest, some of them you're just gonna have to eat and realize, hey, that dude's fast as hell, and he's elusive, and he's hard to tackle. So it makes sense. I, I think the, the the Vikings game plan for it is is containing him in the pocket. Can you keep yes. Jalen Hurts in the pocket? Can you make him sweat? Can you make him collapse? Because I I like the Vikings' chances if he's not running all over the place. And, and getting out those first downs and bailing out his offensive line or, or just, just taking off with his legs, I like the Vikings' chances to win. If the dude's running up for about 80 to 100 yards in the ground while also you know, only throwing for about a buck 80, 170, probably are, the chances are the Eagles probably won that game. But if you can limit those legs, and I don't know if that's putting a spy on him, you know, I don't know if that's putting your guy Eric Kendricks on, putting Brian Asamoa on, putting Lewis Seen on, for God's sakes. I know he's yeah. probably going to play some special teams and make his Vikings debut after missing week one with an injury. Can you contain Jalen Hurts? I, I I trust the Vikings offense can put up twenty one to twenty four points in, in this game. I don't have a I don't have much of an issue with that. Um, but defensively, can you contain probably the best mobile quarterback in the NFL? You know, it's probably him or Kyler Murray at this point. And then Kyler Murray was a human cheat code again in week two, basically lucking his way in, in, into a win against yeah. the Raiders. So so can you contain Jalen Hurts? I think that's the Vikings game plan. Make him stay in the pocket. Don't let him beat you with his legs. If that's the case, 
Like if Jalen Hurts wants to drop back 37, eight to- 37 oh. to 38 times and is under 20 to 30 yards rushing, I'm guessing the Vikings are probably victorious. So I think that's kind of the game plan too. Just contain Jalen Hurts, let everything else, and let, let's, let the chips fall as they may. And keep not only just keep him in the pocket, but also when he does stay in the pocket, he's a one-read-go type of quarterback. Get him to go beyond his first read, and he gets uncomfortable. A.J. Brown is out there. The, mm-hmm. I don't know if necessarily, I guess maybe press coverage, you're going to have to rotate that from time to time. But if you can get him to go off his first read, you got yourselves a chance. And then if you're practicing containment and he can't get outside, oh, my goodness, the amount of sacks that Z. Smith and Daniil Hunter are going to rack up is going to be insane. And another thing, I guess, backtracking, going back to the national narrative, man, I'll tell you what. Lincoln Financial Field is a tough place to play. It is so tough. It doesn't matter what head coach is there. It doesn't matter what quarterback is starting for the Eagles. That is a tough-ass spot to play. And what I will say, if you're a Vikings fan, uh, and and I say this from experience, I have in-laws that are Eagles fans, so I know what Eagles fans are all about. And Eagles fans will say, oh, it's not all of us. They are nuts. If you decide to go to that game as a Vikings fan, Here's what I recommend, which first off, I would say don't. But don't. if you are going to go, here's what I recommend. Wear a North Face jacket or any basic-ass jacket you can find, a white T-shirt, some right. regular jeans. Do not show your colors. Go into the stadium, and if the Vikings do anything that's crazy, don't react. Just sit there and pretend like you don't care. And when you get out of that stadium and in your Uber, Back to your house. Don't do it at the bar. You can celebrate. But first and foremost, don't go to the game. If the Vikings can win in that environment, that's going to, I think, that's going to really, as far as the national media is concerned, they're going to start talking about the Vikings even more. Legitimately won the only stadium in all four major professional sports I don't want to step foot in for any reason. I have no, I have no, I have no urge to go. It's, it's, it's Lincoln financial. I have no urge to go to that stadium. Uh, and yes, I've heard the horror stories of of fans getting attacked and stuff with the opposing team. Look, I I haven't been to Lambeau. Like Lambeau's obviously on the bucket list. And even the girlfriend and I were talking about how, like, she's like, well, it's suck. If you're some of those Packer fans, I'm like, yeah, but you know what? At least the Packer fans are nice. I'm not going to get batteries thrown at me. I'm not going to get Bud Light cans thrown at my head. Um, unless I'm really running off my mouth with, I guess, you know, if if I've had a couple drinks and maybe I could happen, but my life will not be in danger in Green Bay. My life would not be in danger uh, minus the elements in Chicago. Life wouldn't be in danger in Detroit. Like it's, it's one stadium. I have no interest in attending. Doesn't do anything for me. You have to walk through that parking lot to get to Lincoln financial field, to get to that stadium going in and coming out, especially if the Vikings were to win and they see you walking out with that purple jersey and you got to walk out into that parking lot again. Everybody's drunk as hell. They've been pre-gaming for the last 12 hours. It is a lonely walk and you don't want to do it. Don't go, but if you do, blend in. And don't react. Yeah, yeah don't do it. Please don't it. And, and no one, no, I, I hope, I don't know if we'll, we'll get vent line callers that are from there, but, it, but call us from a safe place. Please don't call us in the elements. We will not be held yeah. responsible for that. Yeah. Please don't. Uh, Randy, before we wrap up here, man, any, uh, any last takes from week two, anything on the Vikings you want to get off your chest here? On the Vikings? No. As far as week two, listen, man, I spend 
along with many other people in this country, I spent hundreds of dollars on NFL <laughs> Sunday ticket. And I, from what I've heard, DirecTV, this is the last year that they're under contract to have that service. Maybe it's going to be Amazon or Apple TV after. I can't wait. The fact that you work Sunday ticket, y'all literally work one day a week and not even a full work day compared right. to everybody else that has to do eight hours. You work six hours in one day per week. And you literally have Monday through Saturday to fix whatever the hell is going on. And we were out of Sunday ticket for like two hours today. That's ridiculous. Are you going to give me a refund? Probably right. not. That it, I can't. I can't tell you how happy I am to go through all the stress and 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 working and being a parent and going through all this stuff, juggling my life together, as I'm sure that everybody else does across the country, to have that one day on Sunday to say, "Man, you know what? That's fine. I have this one day, and I will pay hundreds of dollars right. to get that relaxation, and I can't even get that yeah. because Sunday ticket. They're a bunch of idiots. Get it together." Yeah, it's uh that that's pretty brutal for fans, man. I mean, it's it's so hard enough as it is, you know, with with blackouts and other things like in other sports uh, to to get games and NFL Sunday tickets, the supreme one, and it costs a, a boatload of money. And you know, I know some people have always, you know, they've dabbled in. Do I get the Sunday ticket if I live out of market? Do I get the Sunday ticket or do I just go to the bar and you know spend sixty to seventy dollars, which I'll run up a bar tab and do. You know, I know there's been pros and cons of doing that, but to your point, that. This is your livelihood. If you're a diehard Vikings fan living in California or wherever the hell you are, those three hours, I will pay absurd amount of money so it will work. And and yes, are there behind the scene things that people are probably working their ass off to make sure it works when it goes? Yes, but then when it doesn't work, my God, like you had, there's one job, right? Bill Bell, you have one job to do. Figure it out for three hours. I'm going to give you $100 a month or whatever the hell it is to make this work. Please make it work. So I sympathize with you, dude. That's that's brutal. I'm sorry they that had to happen. They made a gazillion dollars. They have all the money in the world. I went from Declan Goff watching Red Zone, yep. fat and happy. Man, this is great. Oh, I've been waiting all week for this. So all of a sudden, it gets cut off, and I'm stuck watching local programming. Steelers versus Patriots. Are you kidding me? Right. Get the hell out of here. It, yeah. I can't wait for this to be over with. Yeah, no, no, you don't need Reddit streams and VPNs. You know, you can do all the hoop jumping. I do it with certain games here locally. But my God, if if you're paying for something like Sunday Ticket, that's supposed to be dynamite. That should be it, dude. That should be it. Uh, Randy, man, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Love this conversation. Obviously, we'll be back next Monday too to break down probably a little bit of the of the game against Philadelphia Eagles, but also mostly, obviously, uh, the game against the Detroit Lions yep. uh, back at US Bank Stadium on Sunday. So. Hit the subscribe button. This is Daily Minnesota Vikes Entertainment. Hit the subscribe button, too, on Realistic Randy's YouTube channel. This has been Purple Daily.